What's up, everybody? Welcome to Viseland. What is going on this week, Michael? We just had the Champions Classic tonight, Jason. Did you get a chance to watch any? I did. I watched. I watched the Kentucky Kansas there. That was a good. That was a like, mediocre nail biter. It was a terrible game, Jason. Yeah. But uh, it was also it, it was interesting. It was close. It, it, yeah, like I felt like both of the teams. I know Kansas was ranked higher, but I thought Kentucky started off the game looking much more talented and foul trouble, I think really hurt them. Also their inability to shoot at all. Shooting is a, yeah, it's a pretty just ended up finishing three of 21 from three Kansas. Meanwhile, like at least hitting some threes, but not hitting much else. And um, Jalen Wilson was the, the big star in the second half for them. Uh, Osha Baji had a, a good, I would say like a pretty good overall game and hit some clutch baskets for them. Um, Christian Braun like got a couple really key um, rebounds, which was surprising because they, they were both taken from Isaiah Jackson. I, I guess kind of like mixed missed boxing. He kind of like just jumped early and he had a lot of like eye opening moments in this game. Um, he's, just a fantastic athlete and had eight block shots, but a couple key missed rebounds and, uh, you know, a few little things here and there uh, took a really ill-advised three-pointer early in the shot clock. Uh, yeah, he's um, a, definitely a great energy guy, a really, really good athlete, but yeah, we're seeing that these guys have some work to do. Um, meanwhile, Duke looked like the much more talented team against Michigan State, and Michigan State then ended up coming out and just kind of clobbering them. Yeah, of course, scoreboard tells a different story. Yeah, it's yeah. So basically, with Duke and Kentucky, I think they just are. They do have really talented teams, and I, I think they will definitely be two of the better teams in the nation. However, at the same time, it's just getting all of those pieces together. And I, I even I, I think like as draft Twitter was looking at those recruiting classes, they were seeing the amount of talent there, but they were also kind of wondering how it would all fit together and lineup optimization. And uh, these are things that I, I think um, Mike Shashevsky and John Calipari respectively have not figured out yet. So we'll see like, what happens. It's also weird, you know, like off season, like to you know lead up to you know, give them the opportunity to really yeah, well, practice together. I guess that's true. And like, especially with younger teams, but at the same time, like everybody has that issue. So like, that's it's a level play yeah. field issue, but it is like something like for a team like Kentucky, like I think but you are correct in that Michigan state, Kansas, the two of the more experienced teams. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga seemed to have a lot of new guys on their team and they came out of the gates looking Fan freaking tastic. They have some experience, but uh, do they like you know? They have Kisper. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like obviously Drew Timmy coming back for his sophomore year and has had like monster games. Um, Corey Kispert looking really good. Jalen Suggs looks fantastic though. He's he's looked really great. Um, yeah, and they they just look like they have great depth. Like, they are, um, they have some big guys that can come off the bench and give them a few minutes. Gonzaga has been the most impressive team that I've seen so far this, this year. Definitely. Um, I think they, yeah. they and, you know, it's not like I've seen everybody yet, 
but I've tried to watch as much as possible. And that's why on this week's episode of Vizland, we decided to, since we already did the Nike Hoop Summit breakdown, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about some of the debuts of uh, some of the top freshmen. But we, if, if you haven't heard the Nike Hoop Summit breakdown that we did of uh, the USA team, we covered like Cade Cunningham, um, Zaire Williams, Evan Mobley, a lot of the top NCAA players we covered in that episode. And I feel like it, they've been pretty true to form so far. This class, of course, looking just much more enticing and much more ready to step up to the NCAA level than last year's class. Um, not very surprising there. Um, still missing Scotty Barnes, man, like, and uh, the freshman for Tennessee. So we're leaving uh, some of those guys out. We just wanted to go over 10 guys. And the key to that is they either weren't in the Nike Hoop Summit um, USA breakdown, or they also uh, have played a, a game in college so far. Yeah, like they have something on, on tape. And again, like we're not, we're not yeah. ranking at this time because the 20s. No, we're, we're not ranking. We'll give like a general they are but yeah we're, we're not doing rankings we're just going to give you 10 names and breakdowns of guys that we feel are draft prospects that you should pay you attention should to about. Yeah, if you don't, the 2021 nba draft if you don't know you should know yeah so, so we're going to start off you, you mentioned duke earlier lineup optimization <laughs> being a bit of an issue but we've got jalen johnson freshman yeah he was the, he was the one guy who like you you know, whatever optimized lineup they have, they they want to include him, um, which is really a bummer because in the first game, DJ Stewart like shot out of this world, looked really good. He was a guy that when I went to the 2019 USA uh, basketball mini camp, DJ Stewart was one of the guys that really stood out there. But Jalen Johnson is just such a talent, and um, he didn't have his best game, but he, he like just had this eye-opening performance right out of the gates. Um, and had uh, 19 points, 19 rebounds, and five assists, four blocks against, uh, I guess they were playing, I want to say Moorhead State. But yeah, just immediately comes out of the blocks. Or Coppin State, sorry. My bad there. Um, yeah, playing Coppin State. Didn't get a chance to watch a ton of the game, but... I saw his highlights from it and he just, he stands out because just great athleticism. The, the thing that always stood out with him was one, his ability to handle the ball very comfortably at his size. He's about six foot nine, has close to a seven foot wingspan. And um, I think now is like around like 220 pounds or so. So strong guy, big guy. Um, I think going to play a lot of minutes at center for Duke, which will make him even more of a matchup nightmare in his first game against Coppin state does go eight for eight makes his only three point attempt and makes both of his free throws. So starts off like with a perfect game besides the seven turnovers that he had in that, that first game. But um, yeah, nonetheless, a, a very impressive performance out of the gate. And then showed some, like, really great flashes today, kind of, like, blew by some of their guys. Um, so the thing with Jalen Johnson that makes him really enticing, he's very explosive off the court. Um, it just really helps him finishing and helps him guys. 
Um, he moves really well. Um, it's certainly like some lateral issues possibly, but still moves very well for his size and very comfortably. Um, excellent passer, has a great nose for the ball, obviously as a rebounder, um, has defensive potential too, and even like some rim protection chops. Um, and then the versatility that he brings, like in that he is potentially, I, I think optimally, like as we'll bring up, and he he's optimally like a four, but you could see him being very comfortable there. And then maybe even guarding multiple positions or playing multiple positions just because of his uh, skill set. And um, then Jason, what's his uh, his major issue? Because I, I think you you know this, and you can uh, shed a little light on this. Well, obviously, ball control. If you're getting seven turnovers. Yeah, well, beyond that, it's it's his shooting. Shooting, yeah. I mean, but I feel, I feel that's a lot of the, the guys that I think... No, I think with Jalen Johnson, there's like a nice sample set uh, ahead of time that shows that, that that's been... Hey, he locked in the Coppin State game. Well, what? He locked in that Coppin State game. He's perfect. No. Well, yeah, on like the smallest oh, possible sample size that you could have from shooting the ball. Well, I, think, I think right now, too, I think, you know, the key in the NBA is, yeah, stretching, stretching the floor. For sure. And he does that. He does that with his passing. He does that with, um, you know, his ability, his potential to, you know, get defenders on his hip. But he, um, yeah, like the fact is that people will back off of him. And it seems like when he's getting into like his pull up, and he he's not incredibly comfortable there. He's not incredibly comfortable off the catch. Uh, he seems to be like shooting on the way down a lot of the time. And um, yeah, just, it's not a reliable part of his game. Um, so yeah, that, like that, that was the thing to watch for him. Like as even he had a, a pretty small sample size, he, he was at IMG Academy. Um, I think there were some off court issues there that forced him to leave. And then he went back to Nicolette in Wisconsin and he, um, and, and Phenom University, like he shows these fantastic athletic flashes, puts up like just stacks the, the stat sheet and um but yeah the the shooting like the free throw shooting and long range shooting were both areas of concern and at Nicolette he left that as an area of concern as well uh it was really nice to see him come out against Coppin State and do that but yeah I, I feel like um with Duke a lot of people are, are going to back off of them because uh they had trouble shooting in this game like Matthew Hurd is a guy that you know you can usually rely on for at least a couple three-pointers. Um, DJ Stewart is somebody who's shot I really am very high on. But, um, yeah, Wendell Moore had a really tough game today. And um, DJ Stewart just wasn't shooting at the normal rate. And I, I think that really um, gave Duke's offense some issues. But just in terms of, like, NBA prospect and everything like that, like Jalen like, Johnson. What, what do you, yeah, like, what do you feel about, like, what his range is and kind of, like, what his role yeah, like I, I think he's like potentially like upper half of lottery, and I'm guessing like at the low end, probably like back half. But I, I'm thinking upper half. I, I could see him being like one of the higher rated guys, like maybe even like anywhere from like three to like seven range, somewhere around there. Um, just, just off early impressions, um, just because of his athleticism and his versatility. Um, and yeah, like that passing ability just stands out so much and really smart player there. Um, so yeah, he's 
somebody that I, I feel can play like a, a few different positions just due to his skill set, even without the shooting. And then the shooting could make him a whole different level of prospect. Yeah. And yeah, I hope we can, you can put that on between, you know, end of season. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's going to remain an issue um, and something that you're slightly concerned about at the next level. But yeah, like the, the athleticism and um, size and skill are pretty special packages. Yeah, and those are the things you, you, can't, you can't work. You just you, you have them or you don't, whereas like the shot, you know, maybe refine some mechanics. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and, and, and that's why I think he's still going to be a pretty highly regarded prospect. Nice. Awesome. Well, moving along, we also talked about this team a little earlier, Kentucky. Yeah. Boston Jr. Again, we'll start off the bat, you know, not, not hesitant of taking shots, but not very, you know, adept at necessarily making a lot of them. Yeah. Well, currently. And, and that, that's yeah. currently also. Um, yeah, like that's through three games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was actually known for his ability to create shots and it, I would say shooting isn't necessarily like his calling. He's more of a scorer than a shooter. Yeah, like his, his shooting is something that I, I think should be a, at least something that's um, you're more confident in than a guy like Jalen Johnson. Um, but yeah, like Brandon Boston, obviously in his first three college games has started off as 0 for 11 from three. Um, this is something that happens. Guys go through streak shooting and um yes yeah. it's figuring out the game like from high school to a you know eybl to like you know and also like their offense like it's, it's yeah. kind of a mess right now and um i i don't think he's necessarily like in his optimal role because i feel like he should be probably a lot more on ball than he is uh right now it seems to be more like devin askew and uh terrence clark um whereas i i feel like bj boston is probably in his like moving forward may not be this off ball again in his like career. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it's been an adjustment. And, uh, but I, I think if you saw some things in his first few games, you, you see like some really impressive athleticism one. Um, he has tremendous length. He's has, um, he's about six foot seven has, was measured with a six eleven and a half. Um, wingspan and 8.6 standing reach at the Kentucky Combine. Those are like pretty close to numbers that he'd measured at before for USA Basketball. So it doesn't seem to be that off. You just, you see, when you see Brandon Boston, you see like the really long arms. Oh, totally. And, and, and that is like a, you know, and he's more like that shooting guard slot to, you know, like the two with like the length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, well, he's, he's just good wing size. Yeah. So yeah, like the, the fact that he could maybe even like, play either wing spot at the next level. Um, but yeah, you, you see him as a guard. And um, he has that, as I was saying, like some secondary playmaking ability. Possibly, I think the reason so many people were really high on him is they saw possible primary playmaking upside. And um, he certainly like, you know, he has a handle, he has the ability to get to the paint. Um, he has a great nose for the ball too. Like he, he gets lots of rebounds and seems to be in the right spots. Um, it seems like just, yeah. So the thing that he's probably most known for is the creative finishing, which he does with those like great length finishes. Um, and then like has that really soft touch around the basket. Like some of those finishes today against Kansas just kind of made you say, wow. 
Um, and then uh, yeah, also like, I think he's pretty good with either hand too. Um, has just really good touch. And um, I, I think right now the, the major concerns beyond like his shooting woes to start the season, um, just defensive intensity and just kind of knowing where to be on that end of the floor and playing as hard as he possibly can at times. And then um, functional strength, I, I think is the other big thing. Like he, he's always been a pretty skinny guy and it seems like he, he's just gotten by because of his craft and uh, uh, his ability as a ball handler. But um, yeah, you, you'd like to see greater functional strength. But at the same time, I think you're pretty happy with uh, his level of finishing around the basket, given what he has right now. And uh, yeah, like this game obviously wasn't his best game, but I think he was clearly was still, like, a lot of, still a lot of season, you know, ahead ahead of him too. You know, but he he looks like Kentucky's best prospect, and um, I, I I think like he he's definitely going to be a really highly rated guy, and you you see the flashes there that make him one of the top prospects. In the yeah, our, our SCI had him at at four. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people on draft Twitter have him at two. Um, I'm not sure if that's changed. I am thinking he's like a top five level guy and doesn't go much lower than that. Um, just too much to like. And um, yeah, like the, the fact that you have a guy who could potentially score from three levels, looks good off the pull up. Um, yeah, he, he you, you're waiting for him to score those first few three-pointers, but I, I feel like it's going to come, and I, I feel like he's shot at least pretty well at um, lower levels, um, Sierra Canyon and uh, for AOT on the EYBL. Um, and he has a little bit of, like, a hitch off of the catch, which is something that I always noticed, like, from seeing him at USA Basketball um, in 2018 and then in, you know, the games that I've watched. So he's not like the purest of shooters, but I think there's a lot of potential on that end of, uh, on the offensive end of the floor, and then has some of that defense and uh, athleticism, lateral quickness that makes you at least feel like he could be a, a decent defender down the line as well. Yeah, and something that someone that could bring in and, and bring something to the table pretty pretty early on a team. Moving on, we're sticking up at Kentucky with his teammate, another freshman. Here we got Terrence Clark. Six, yeah, 194. It's like a very, very similar like profile sizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um at the Kentucky Combine, I I, I always round up to like you know the nearest. So I I'd say six seven, one ninety five, um almost seven foot wingspan, eight seven standing reach. So they had these two guys. Clark's always for some reason I guess been known as like the point guard. It seems like he's very obviously a wing at the next level, but does have like some of those playmaking skills, has the handle that is pretty impressive and, you know, can get to spots at times, uh, made a few pull-up jumpers uh, against Kansas and has made some in his first few games as well. Um, so that that's looking all right. He also is somebody that has yet to make a yeah. shot from three-point range. Um, struggled today and took a... a he hasn't, he hasn't attempted as many as as BJ Boston, but he's uh, he's over eight, yeah. Now yeah, still, still, Boston's still, over eleven, yeah. But still, the O is never never good. You, you want to yeah. have least, yeah, yeah. You, you, were, you, you certainly would hope they would be like three for nineteen rather than O for nineteen. 19. Um, but yeah, they uh, 
yeah, Kentucky shooting today was just, uh, I think, the, the real game changer there. Um, the thing that, like, a lot of my friends on draft Twitter who always seem to find these little um, kind of intricacies with uh, these guys' games that I really appreciate, on his, some of his shots off of the catch, he, like, knocks his knees together. So that's just something to definitely keep an eye on. And he, um, I, I like, I remember seeing him at, at USA Basketball and just not really loving, like, it seemed like the shot, like, from the top looked fine, but it seems like the legs may have yeah. uh, been an issue. But yeah, he, um, the, the other thing that's really stood out in the positive for him is he's made some great defensive rotations and he seems to show some acumen on that side of the floor. Um, he is, uh, yeah, like it's, it seems like there's at least like scoring potential there with him, but yeah, like the shooting is not something that's very consistent. The finishing hasn't been very consistent. Um, he, he just, the, the other thing is he was, um, originally a high school class of 2021 player. Um, it was like he and like early on it, I think it was, uh, he and, uh, Patrick Baldwin were like one and two in the high school class of 2021 like really early on and the funny thing is that he is actually a couple months older than bj boston and um so yeah he moved back to like his original class which is i think is a good thing and I, uh, I think he's definitely ready to contribute to kentucky um and it, it looks like he's going to be one of their better players uh this coming season certainly didn't have his best game today but he, um, yeah, I, I think there, there's a lot to like. And he, he's kind of surprised with uh, how good he's been and how ready he's been um, and some of the flashes that he's shown. Um, he's, he's more smooth than explosive. Like, I, I just don't think he's a crazy athlete or anything along those lines, but he's, like, uh, at least a good athlete. And then, yeah, he, like, he has some of that ability to handle the ball, um, find open guys and possibly, I, I think at his like high level, be like a, a secondary playmaker. Um, but yeah, he, he's not a guy that I think you would want running your team, even for Kentucky right now. Um, but Cal, Cal does get people ready for the, for the NBA more than, more than winning, you know, strategic games. I think he, he does a better job of just preparing. I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think he's very much about both. But <laughs> I, I mean, I think definitely there's sometimes like I look. I mean, I look back to his his Memphis days, and I like question some of those, you know, calls, especially in that championship game versus like. But yeah, he, but the fact that they got there, like they beat UCLA, dude. Like yeah. UCLA was ridiculous that year. Like yeah, and yeah, you can say whatever you want about Bill Self, like out coaching Cal, which he clearly did today. I mean, yeah. But I, mean, um, I don't think either team can like hang their hats too high on this game. Yeah, very true, very true. You no, know, played that same level, and it was, game, and and it was uh, a hideous performance by yeah. both teams. Like I like but, um, to play, once to be playing like this in March or May or whenever the heck the the tournament's actually going to be held this year. None, of, yeah, like that. You know, you want to improve from from here for sure, especially. So I don't I don't know. About that. So what do you, what do you feel about you know Terrence Clark as far as you know draft projection or what he would kind of bring in the NBA? Yeah, I I think he it's certainly tough to find like you know good complementary wings, and I, I think that's potentially where where Clark might lie. 
Um, so I, I'm thinking like, I know some people are feeling lottery. I, I'm thinking first round or somewhere around there. Um, if he ends up being like mid first round, I, I think that's pretty good for him. If he ends up being like late lottery, I, I think that's good as well. Um, but yeah, like uh, coming into the season, I, I think he's uh, looked maybe a little bit better than people anticipated. And um yeah, just a good sign to start things off. Still a little concerns about his offense, but the, the defensive ability and his willingness on that end of the floor, um, I think gives a, a positive connotation of uh, where his draft stock uh, may end up going. Nice. Well, you know, Kentucky, obviously, always going to send at least a couple of players to the NBA every year, pretty much book it, guarantee. And moving on, we got Greg Brown, freshman at Texas. 69 about 205 ish what what's your kind of thought about him as far as prospecting goes he has struggled like i i just feel like he's hasn't necessarily come in um with i because where was he in the rsci like he, he must have been pretty high he was eight um he was eight yeah i i just feel like they're the thing with Greg Brown is he's he is six foot nine. He is one of the freakiest vertical athletes like you will see. Like the guy can jump absolutely out of the gym with like a running start or off no run at all. He he's just he's really bouncy. Um, in terms of like the rest of his athleticism, like he's not like the greatest laterally. He, he, it's not like he's terrible there, but yeah, like he he's not somebody you necessarily like optionally want on the wing um and and then straight line speed like he, he's pretty fast but yeah like his ball skills have never been anything to really write home about uh and then the shooting has not looked amazing um and he uh yeah i i think the thing that things that he brings to the table yeah so vertical explosion he's like a freak athlete there um if he like he almost reminds me of like Derek Jones Jr. in terms of just like being that crazy. He's going to get a lot of dunks this year, and as, as we saw, like even in his first game, he like I think only had like a couple field goals, but one of them was this ridiculous poster of a dunk that he had, um, kind of bobbling a ball from uh, the um, kind of corner three point or near like uh, I think like the right corner of the three-point line. Um, but he is uh, also a really good rebounder, lob catcher, um, and it certainly has like defensive potential. I see him as more of a four and always have. And like, I, I think that's kind of where he's been most comfortable playing. I think people due to the fact that he's not extraordinarily long um, would like him to be a three. Like they see, and also like he's, You'd say he's like two oh five. Like either yeah. way, like ideally you like you want a little bit bigger for. Four. Yeah, exactly. He's so he's like he's this amazing like transition player, and uh, can attack closeouts, can slash. Uh, his one basket today was like a really nice looking slash um, against Indiana, but struggled with foul trouble. Um, had one like really nice block shot as well. Um, Great but, game right right now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's also like, yeah, he um, all handling. Without, 
you know, establishing a pivot foot. Like, yeah, he's uh, he doesn't look extraordinarily comfortable handling the ball. Uh, the shot just looked really rushed and kind of like it was th- him throwing it up as opposed to actually like, you know, just taking time and shooting the ball. Um, but yeah, just uh, he's still such a great athlete. He's absolutely somebody to keep an eye on. And I have a feeling he'll get better as uh, the year goes on. The The guy that really stood out to me in a positive manner for Texas was Kai Jones had some really nice flashes. He's a sophomore from Bahamas and a pretty big guy. Um, had this really, a few like nice plays and like dribbled in from like the perimeter and like faked it and had like a, a dunk like with somebody guarding him in the half court. Like it was really impressive. Um, and then he, he even like banked in a three-point shot. <laughs> like Kai Jones has looked pretty good early on and is somebody to keep an eye on as well. But Greg Brown, yeah, I think due to his vertical athleticism and uh, just rare tools there, um, you just hope he, he gets a, a little more um, like kind of used to everything. I guess uh, offensively, you know, like yeah. – like that he adjusts and then if the shot looks a, a little bit better, he's still somebody who I, I think due to the RSCI and like how he's stood out in so many of these uh, settings because of his ridiculous athleticism, like was great in the EYBL as well, playing with Cade Cunningham for Texas Titans. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he, he's still going to be somebody to watch. I, I just, I'm not really seeing a lottery guy right now and kind of would think more first-round range. But, yeah, he still has something to prove. And uh, it's been just a little rough in uh, his early going. um, And we'll we'll see how it goes. Like, Texas looks like a pretty good team. And they're obviously they're in the finals of the Maui Invitational uh, playing North Carolina tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how the – the rest of the year goes. North Carolina was, I, I believe, a finalist for Greg Brown. So we'll see if he comes out with something improved. Uh, yeah. And then moving on, we got our first, well, still kind of underclassman, but we got Jeremiah Robinson Earl, sophomore Villanova, 6'9", yeah. 230. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's closer to 240 now. Yeah. Um, That's what they had him listed at his college site. But again, like, you know, that. Liars. Subject, liars. always subject to change. Yeah. Sorry, Villanova, you're, you're lying because he's, like, closer to 240. And he has looked really good. Like, uh, yeah, you can't really – he's always been a guy who, um, from the first time I saw him, like, just seemed to be on the winning team of a lot of the USA scrimmages. And then uh, at IMG Academy, like, did a lot of winning things there too. Um, he is – has about like a six foot nine wingspan as well. So not like the longest guy, eight ten standing reach. Um, has some like athleticism, but he, he not like out of this world. But I, I think um, the thing that really stands out with him is just he has great court awareness on both ends of the floor. He has at least some shooting potential. He's always been a really good passer. He makes good defensive rotations. Um, yeah, just like a, a really smart guy and then really strong. Um, his dad, uh, Lester Earl, was a former McDonald's All-American and played for Kansas and LSU. And um, Jeremiah has just, like, I, I've done an interview with him, and he just seems to be fantastic, really coachable. And, uh, yeah, just always kind of seems to be in uh, these great situations. It seems like he, he's really worked on um, – 
that his shooting this year and is very comfortable and then is more comfortable in um, isolation situations also where he like was barely in any of them last year. I think he's going to be really heavily relied upon for Villanova. Um, I don't feel like they're the most talented team, at least in the few times I've watched them this year. And Jeremiah definitely looks to be their guy. And I, I just feel like he has a, a chance to be a, a first round pick based off of that. I'm not like crazy high on him, but I feel like there will be a place in the NBA for him as like a, you know, kind of a, a stretch four. And if he has that shot going, then it looks like things are on the right track. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, based on that, that skill set, you know, it is a good way to get into the, you know, get into the league, just having those kind of abilities to be like a big, strong, tough, you know, who could hopefully stretch the floor a little bit. So like, what do you think he, he would really need to, do like what do, you, what do you think his ceiling is as far as the draft yeah like I, i'm i'm thinking first round like somewhere in like the mid to late um it, it, it's i think it's going to come down a lot to his shot like I, I think uh that's that's the real key if he shoots really well sadiq bay went 19 and i don't see a reason that he's that much better of a prospect than jeremiah robinson earl granted that this upcoming class is a stronger class so you could always uh, have some changes in terms of the draft order, but he is, um, yeah, a guy that I was higher on than uh, Sadiq Bey, especially considering how they were as freshmen. Um, and while you like see Jeremiah Robinson Earl as like this kind of like four or five, ideally, um, without like the ideal size, like I shouldn't say size, but like, yeah, he, He's not as long as you would want necessarily for a four or like, you know, maybe as explosive for like a new brand of four. But I just think the skill and the basketball IQ are both things that, you know, kind of jump off the page for him and uh, are going to be reasons why I, I think some teams will really be high on him. And like, and, and do you think he's definitely, you know, more, more inclined to be coming out based on kind of getting, getting a first round grade? I think he, I, I have a feeling like last year he was thinking about coming out. So I, I, I would think that this year he yeah. might to do the same thing or finally go and enter the draft. Yeah. Make, make the move. Coming up next, we got another sophomore. We got Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, 6'9, 245. What, yeah, like, what do you think, like, what was he really bringing to the table? Because that's a, you know, it's a pretty impressive physical size. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I don't know if you know this about Trace Jackson Davis. His father was Dale Davis. And he um, is, has a seven foot one wingspan, nine foot standing reach. They measured at uh, the 2018 um, U18 trials. Uh, just, a, he's a really impressive vertical athlete also like crazy rebounder so like that that's what he's known for like you know, remember remember how like mj cage was like nothing like his dad in terms of like rebounding and was kind of like the finesse player well trace i think is a lot like his dad like it seems like he, he he's um just has a lot of the same characteristics that you would think of with dale davis like the rebounding the toughness, pretty, yeah those kind of things where you may not get as much out of trace jackson davis is like the shooting the skill kind of stuff like i i, I don't think he's necessarily attempts his freshman year yeah 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 like he's he's not a guy that you're trusting to to really shoot from the outside uh doesn't have the highest 
free throw percentage. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he started off the year pretty well. He kind of struggled today um, in their game against Texas, where I think Indiana just in general did. But yeah, he, he's just one of those guys who you um, see in terms of like strength. Uh, and then he, de- he definitely at least has a feel for rebounding, shows some defensive flashes, but he also has like some really bad misses around the hoop. And you, you just uh, kind of wonder sometimes in terms of awareness. Um, yeah, not, not necessarily the most skilled guy, but he's I think going to be relied upon as like an energy big. And um, yeah, you just kind of hope that maybe with his athleticism and uh, some lateral ability, he maybe provides some defensive versatility, at least maybe for like the four or five, but ultimately I think he's like a pretty pure five. Yeah. I think, I think like based on, you know, those, those characteristics, like in today's NBA, totally. Yeah. You know, fits fits into that. And then what do you think about as far as, you know, is he going to, you know, is he inclined to come out? What would sort of be like, yeah, he was thinking about it last year also. He thought about it and then he, you know, one of the things he mentioned was the ability to stretch the floor, but that might just be a dream, you know, that might not yeah. be. Yeah. Well, I, I think he, he at least wants to show that, he, like, you know, he took um, a few jumpers to start the year and nothing from behind the three-point arc, but he's at least, I think, experimenting there. And the, Indiana, I think, is going to need him quite a bit. Um, so, but yeah. I, 44 points today, which was just not the... No, 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 no. It wasn't great. But I think he had, like, 10 of them. So yeah, get a, get, a, get a quarter of the points. Yeah, just about, just about. Um, and yeah, he. Uh, I, I, I think ultimately, like if he gets in the first round, that that would be a pretty big deal for him. I'm thinking second round, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, like he, he's going to be a, a big like. I guess the the key with him is being switchable. And then just providing like that athleticism and that ability to to run the floor that would, I guess, fit him in with like kind of like a newer age center, um, even without the the shooting ability. Um, but yeah, like it seems like ultimately he he profiles out to be like an energy big, and uh, somebody that you get out there with like running lineups and uh, does that like can also match up with running lineups on the defensive end of the floor too and not get like run out of the building. And, you know, based on the lineage, Dale Davis obviously was a great scrappy player. And that was, you know, not like the, those one time all-star mid nineties, uh, mid nineties Pacers. And then of course, you know, he ends, I don't know if he ended his career officially with the Blazers, but you know, he did play that. Well, Blazers. Yeah. Well, the Blazers, he was one of those guys that was very happy to be getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. He would just go in the game with a smile ear to ear. Didn't really necessarily, you know, have to give the, the best effort every night. But, you know, he knew he, he, he was play. always like the minimum double-double. Yeah, basically. And I, like, didn't they get the, I think the boys just got rid of Sean Kemp. Like, it was, like, part of, like, that time. Yeah, yeah, I think like, it, was, like, it might have been, like, that. Sean Kemp's, like, insane contract that had to be, like, the highest paid player in the league, even though he hadn't been an all-star for, like, several, several years prior but moving on, we got our first senior, actually our, our only senior we're going to talk about today, someone who he declared for the draft last year, decided to come come back. We got Luca Garza, Iowa, 6'11", 260. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of like a Frank Kaminsky moment that, like, you know, I want to come back and try and win the chip and win, like, uh, player of the year, like that, that kind of thing. 
And um, yeah, so he was, okay, so he won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award last year, won Pete Newell Big Man of the Year, was the Sporting News National Player of the Year, Big Ten Player of the Year, consensus first team All-American. Uh, Luca Garza, hell of a college player for Iowa. Yeah. Um, and Iowa has a team. So that, that, that's the other thing. The impressive thing that Luca Garza did, like, in his first game this year, I think it was his first game, um, he had um, 36 points in the first half and had outscored the team that Iowa was playing. I think it was Southern. Um, and, yeah, he uh, just a lot of offensive ability and has been really tough to stop. Um, became like kind of a knockdown three-point shooter on pretty good volume the uh, last year, and then um, uh, yeah, last year was like twenty, like like twenty-four and almost you know n- like nine point eight rebounds, so like almost a twenty, you know twenty plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like one of the leading scorers in the nation, one of the leading rebounders in the Big Ten, um, and yeah, like I, I think he has that throwback post-game ability to score around the basket. And um, the, the other amazing story with Luca Garza is, I, I think it was, was after his freshman year, he like, he removed, they removed a nine pound cyst. So he like, he basically removed a basketball from him as a person. And he, uh, yeah, I, I think that definitely helped things. Has been a contributor as soon as he got to Iowa and was always just a, a guy that you had to be aware of. Like I, I even remember him playing Oregon and, being pretty annoying um, as Iowa beat us. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, uh, he's just really an offensive talent. Um, so he has great touch. He has the, the shooting. He has the post game. Um, yeah, just been so hard to stop around the basket. Uh, he was the, I believe, odds on favorite for player of the year coming into this year based on the amazing junior year that he had. Yeah, I'll start right now, right now as well. Yeah. So he, he has that production. The the things that I think um, kind of leave you wondering about where he is in terms of NBA is always with big guys. It's it's the athleticism, um, not the most fleet of foot, um, and not very explosive. So you kind of wonder if he's going to be able to get away with, uh, or, you know, kind of do what he did at college at that next level. Um, not the quickest laterally as well. His defense has long been kind of considered one of his weaknesses. And um, then just in terms of his passing, his, uh, yeah. So he uh, has never been like a, a big guy, like distributor or anything like that. You'd like to maybe see more of that because I think that's become such a key for big guys playing in the the league, especially if they have issues as a defender. So you want you want those couple things out of them. But he's improved. I think he's improved as a defender. And then he's improved as a rebounder. You get about one assist a game. So, you know, you're very privileged if you're on the receiving end of that, you know. Indeed. And then uh, also like, yeah, like the turnover – like the assisted turnover ratio, not very great. Uh, I'm not like a super high turnover guy, luckily, but yeah, still, it's it's not it's not the ideal for your for your big guy. And I think uh, athleticism is what pushed him back into college a little bit too. You know, like to not move forward. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing that's probably that what he heard he's and, getting as well. Yeah. 
But yeah, certainly a really talented player and knows how to play the game, knows how to score. Um, and I think that gives him at least a chance to be drafted. Um, but yeah, I, uh, as much as I, I heard people saying that if he was from Europe, then he would have been like a, a top 15 pick. I'm not sure that would be well, the case. We call that the Jason Kaponovich theory from Jason Kapona, who also said if his name was Kaponovich, he would be like that. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's, there's that thesis. I mean, I haven't dug Like too. if Nikola Jokic couldn't pass, do you think he would still be Nikola Jokic? And he went, mind you, like 43rd in the draft. So like, if just, if it, but if his name was Nick Jones. <laughs> yeah. He might not have even gotten picked. But, yeah. We'll never know. We'll, we'll have to do a little bit more comparison research on that over time. Yeah. Leave that to the scholars, but yeah, like I mean, everything is you know been the end of the second round to like possibly undrafted. Like he's a guy that you could see. I think he could go a little higher than that. Um, he seems like an ideal like European big. Like that, that's the other thing. Um, but yeah, like I I have a feeling that with his level of production, and and this is always like a big thing. Like if a guy produces at a really high level in college. The chances of them getting drafted usually pretty good. Yeah. So, um, that like that's the other thing. Like if he's figured out how to do this at the college level, um, and does it against good teams, in a good conference like the Big Ten, I I think teams will look at that. Um, and yeah, like uh, that's why I still have a feeling that he ends up getting drafted. And um, like you know who knows like. It, certainly seems like he's worked on some things to get to the point where he is. So yeah, he's a pretty amazing story. And so. then for, for also like for center, you know, like for centers, like that's such a rare, you know, th like find these days, like, cause now, you know, the position kind of changed. Like there's a lot of smaller guys. So I think six eleven is a good size as well to bring mm -hmm. to the table. So yeah, like it'll be, it'll be interesting. Like, no, he's, he's certainly a big and strong guy. So yeah, like that, that, it's not necessarily like he's not like the speed guy that you're looking for, but he at least has the shooting and uh, the offensive ability. And then if he can prove to even be like close to chalk as a defender, then that's something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's good for college basketball that someone like this came back as well. Cause I think, yeah, he's going to put up some good. Yeah, action. man. Like he's so far came out of the gates firing. So, like, so, you know, always, always good for the, you know, the college, college game when you're like, Iowa number three in the nation as well. Pretty, yeah, pretty crazy for that. That's what you're used to hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, especially, yeah, I can't think of the last time Iowa was really that highly, I mean, they've had some okay teams, but never top 10 recently, right? Top five. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, like, it, it kind of head scratches me. Well, internet, let us let us know your thoughts on Iowa and when the last time they were a, a top five, top 10 team, but, you know, good for them. And hopefully, you know, they could, they could have a great season. Coming up next, we got someone who you just put on a show the other night against a Big Ten team. We got Jason yeah. Boston, Jr. from Ohio. No state, just Ohio. 6'4", 187. What was your thought? Like, I mean, he had a really big show out against Illinois. Yeah. He, um, he was really impressive. Like, he just his ability to use ball screens for his own offense and passing out of them and pick and roll, like, he – was really, really impressive. Just seems to have a great feel for the game. Um, a great ability to put the ball on the floor as well. Not necessarily the quickest guy, not like the most explosive athlete, but like last year he was putting up these 
fantastic numbers. Like I think it was somewhere in the range of like 16 points. Yeah, it was like six and a half rebounds, six yeah. and a half assists, like somewhere at least along those lines. And this year it seems like he's even upping those averages, albeit on a really small sample size thus far. But yeah, against a team like Illinois, who I think is one of the best teams in the nation, have some impressive guards of their own right. And he looked like a stud out there like he was he was the talk of that he was the talk of that game especially like for sure but twitter was and, a buzz yeah so i i think showed flashes even as a freshman showed some flashes showed a lot of flashes last year this year i think he, he's really arrived and like th there's a chance that he he looks I, I don't know just in my brief viewing of him like it's not like he's this standout like outstanding point guard or anything like that like maybe a potentially a backup, um, but he, it looks like he could be a pretty good one. I'm still not so sure about his defense. Um, that's something I need to kind of uh, get more of an idea about, but he um, just has a great understanding of how to use ball screens and use the pick and roll. Seems to be a really good shooter, and I think that was something that um, he did very well last year and uh, seems to be still working now. Yeah, um, yeah I, th I think he's like a, a flat out like college stud this year and was a really, really good player last year. Um, so yeah, he's just somebody I, I think you have to keep an eye on and uh, could be a, a kind of an interesting um, kind of, I guess, game manager of a, a point guard option, especially considering like, so th the amazing thing with him is he has this incredible story also. Oh, so, sorry, it's super motivational. Here so he was, he was a senior in high school and he was six foot, 140 pounds. He was thinking of going straight up to UCF, like just not even playing basketball, just going there and going to school, decides to believe in himself, goes to um, Believe Prep. And he, um, yeah, it's called Believe Sports Academy. And um, starts off on their, they have, Four different teams starts off on their C team, builds his way up to the B team, makes it to the A team, gets back down to the C team, has this huge triple double and basically what he considered like rec league kind of circumstances, and then moves back up to the A team, gets scholarships from Ohio and Longwood, takes the one from Ohio, immediately a contributing player. Last year, one of their better players, this year, a college stud, and one of the talks of the first few games of college basketball this year. Um, definitely somebody that you have to keep an eye on and uh, someone to follow this season at the very least. Yeah, definitely so, definitely will be fun in March, you know, to, to keep, to keep tabs. Yeah. And, and even if he's not necessarily like doesn't declare for the draft because he, he still is um, a junior, not even like that old of a junior, like was born August 10th, uh, 1999. So yeah, he's uh, still like would be a, I think a relatively young senior and um, yeah, so he, he's somebody I, I think you need to keep an eye on. And um, just in, in my viewing of him, I, I've been very impressed with uh, his ability to read the game. And so, you know, like, again, like he could ride this momentum and declare, but so saying he does declare, like, where would you kind of range him? Cause again, he doesn't have those, those athlete, you know, the numbers, the athleticism that really puts you at like that. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would more think along the lines of second round at this point. Um, I'm not exactly sure what he has to do to get to the first round, but yeah, like it, it seems somebody who at least is firmly like in the, the conscious of 
um, the draft at this point. And uh, yeah, like I, I just, I don't think he necessarily has the, uh, unless he like shoots just completely out of his mind. I like, I just don't see the top end speed and uh, the athleticism that some of the past um, mid-major or like lower major point guards have used to build their case for the lottery. But um, yeah, he, he I, I think he's just still a really smart player, a really good player and a great nose for the ball as well. And yeah, just somebody that I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on and watching quite a few games more of. And ultimately he's the kind of player that, you know, he's not gonna let his draft position define him either. Cause obviously he worked his way up from you know, possibly not playing college basketball at all to the prep school. Like, you know, he's someone that definitely, yeah. obviously his prep school helped because they're the we believe sports place. <laughs> Gotta love those prep Not schools. who he is. It's what he does. Yeah, he's, he's, definitely, he's right. definitely got a great, like, Disney Disney Channel movie, movie backstory that he can, he can get behind, you know, at the, at the least. So, you know, yeah, hopefully he, you know, continues his momentum, has a great season. And then it'd be interesting to see, you know, like what his prospects are from there. Yeah. And then we're moving back to another freshman, also fam familiar last name, Marcus Bagley, Arizona State, 6'8", 215, brother, of course, Marvin Bagley of the Sacramento Kings. Yes. Father, Marvin Bagley Jr. Um, brother, Martrey Bagley. He's lot, lots of Bagley. So he's a guy who was immediately like playing 17s as soon as he was like a freshman. And, um, you know, played on Sierra Canyon with his brother. Um, kind, of, kind of was a little off the radar for a while and didn't necessarily like kill it in the UIBL. Played um, his, before his senior year in Puma. Uh, so like a smaller circuit and didn't necessarily like have a ton being written about him. Goes to Sheldon that last year and I think has grown. Um, and just he looks so impressive shooting off of the move and yeah like they just really impressive mobility has that athleticism as well um so yeah he like he, he shoots really well off movement off of screens um not necessarily like a killer off of the pull-up but at least has potential there too shot just looks really nice has those physical tools um and has some possible defensive acumen also uh, in college so far has shot nine of 18 from three and is shooting 22% from two. Um, so yeah, you just kind of wonder if it, there has to be a balance there. Um, and, but he looks like a, a nice combo forward and uh, it shows some defensive potential as well. Um, maybe even more so than his brother, at least like, it, it seems like he, he has more of a chance to be like, a wing like Marvin kind of wanted to uh, because he is, I think, a better shooter. Um, so yeah, he's, I, I would say the, the weaknesses would be, I, I still don't feel like his handle necessarily gets in tons of places. And um, I feel like, uh, yeah, like the defense is more, not necessarily like an assured strength of his, but just something where he's shown some uh, positive flashes and is something that he's more going to need to uh to prove as the season progresses but um yeah he's i think he'll spend almost like all of his time this year at the four for arizona state who will play usually three guards 
And um, and I, I think even he'll spend some time at the five. They don't necessarily have the most crowded front court right now. Um, but yeah, early returns looking very promising and has made some really nice shots off of movement, um, which is, of course, a huge deal in the NBA. And uh, a reason why he is on the radar as a possible one and done right now. Yeah, and so, you know, following his brothers, but steps there with the one and done. What, what would you say his, like, his range is and his ideal spot in the NBA is more that three? Yeah, I would, I would think a three, four. Yeah, like, I, I still feel like he has a possibility of playing either forward spot. Um, but, yeah, like, ultimately, if he shows enough handle and um, can do a little bit more inside the arc, uh, you would maybe even want him to, to be a four just to – uh, take that matchup problem. To have that athletic up. advantage. And yeah. Have, yeah, exactly. Have the athletic advantage. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like he, he certainly, I, I think he has potential to be a, a wing player. And uh, it's somebody who is like 6'8", like 215, like is looking really good. So like the physical tools, at least uh, pointing in a nice direction for, him to be kind of an intriguing wing option if, if you feel he has the the skill and the ability to play there. And well, he's kind of got that you know potential, you know as well because he does have some raw or parts to his game. Like, so where do you think his projection would be in the draft? Like at this this moment or kind of like his range? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking late first, like early second right now. Um, but I, I I feel like there there's room to move either way. Yeah, because he doesn't have, you know, he didn't have, like, the same buzz name like his, his brother did when he was coming coming up. Yeah, he, like, I know there were some people pushing for him to be a McDonald's All-American and felt like he was that kind of level of guy. Um, but, no, he was not, like, the number one or two player in his high school class. Um, and didn't, he's not going to be, like, a first-team All-American like Marvin Bagley was. Um, so, and the, I think people forget how good Marvin Bagley was, like, even – with all of uh, his possible faults in terms of NBA translation and his definitely not like having, he shouldn't have been drafted ahead of some of the guys he was drafted in front of. Um, but still like he was a tremendous athletic talent, very strong, uh, still like looking like a, a good NBA player in his own right. Um, so yeah, like is, uh, uh, Marcus Bagley, like the same as Marvin Bagley as a prospect, they're, they're very different in many ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 oh, for, for sure. But, you know, yeah, like Marvin was just always projected at that, you know, that the top of the class, you know, first couple. Yeah, because he was, he was taller and he was an absolute athletic freak and he like, he killed it around the basket. So that, that's the major difference between the two of them. He struggled shooting, killed it around the basket, uh, Marcus Bagley is doing well at shooting and is struggling around the basket. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully Marcus can, you know, have a decent NBA career so we can put him on our brothers list because, you know, it's always good to add more. Yeah, it'd be great if they could. So that, that's, you know, to rank Crack that list, yeah. To rank that out. And also, you know, for our, our fellow Oregon fans and stuff like that, he's our only Pac-12 player that we are mentioning today. I don't know if that's a sign that the Pac-12 should take a hint, but... I don't know if there's the most excitement for a lot of other players within the pack other than like Evan Mobley. Yeah, well, we, we mentioned some in the Hoop Summit episode, and I, I think there will be. Um, Zaire Williams, whoops. Zaire, yeah, over at <laughs> so, yeah. 
And yeah, so we, we had mentioned Zaire, we'd mentioned Evan, we mentioned Josh Christopher in that earlier episode. So yeah, like we, we've given the Pac-12 some love. Yeah, you can check out our Pac-12 preview episode as well. And then coming up, this is the last part we're gonna, you know, introduce you to today. So it's, I'm gonna butcher the name probably. It's, I, I can do it. I think it's Io Desumu. Yeah, that's what I was gonna, I was going with that because I was like basing it off the pronunciation, but he's a junior, Illinois, 6'5", 220. What is he bringing? I think he's about 200. Um, but yeah, he um, is, the last measurements I have for him, were he was six foot four with a six eight wingspan, but an eight foot six standing reach. So that is looking pretty good there. Um, he has always been a guy who's been on the radar. Um, played some time with uh, USA Basketball, the junior levels, and I think kind of stood out there. Stood out in EYBL also. Um, just always been a guy who has some ability to um, just move really well in a straight line, move really well with the basketball, uh, create for himself, but wasn't necessarily like the greatest decision making maker for others, isn't necessarily somebody you want as your full-time point guard, and um, then has been kind of a, a streaky shooter from the three-point line in general. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of uh, just uh, his explosiveness, just vertical explosiveness, I don't feel like he has tons of that, but he, he is really quick. Um, he's a, a good slasher. Uh, certainly has some ability to create for himself also, and has been like really good in like clutch situations when he's been put in that for Illinois. And he's been a huge reason why Illinois would have made the NCAA tournament last year and look like one of the better teams in the nation this year. He's gotten off to like this great start so far. Um, like 25 he, points a game. Six assists, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive numbers. Shooting forty over forty percent from three, so not a bad not a bad start to the season. Yeah, yeah, six of fourteen from three so far. Um, yeah, it' been really good. Like uh, they haven't necessarily played the toughest schedule. I, I think uh, Ohio was the the best game they played so far. Um, they are playing a big game tomorrow, and I am. Very much looking forward to that. Um, they are playing at what do I have? Oh, seven o'clock. They're playing Baylor, okay. and yeah. So the, Baylor, the second-ranked team in the nation, Illinois now number seven, had the really close call with Ohio, but I think Ohio is a team, and. That they will, like Jason said earlier, be somebody that you look for in March. Uh, cross our fingers. And um, yeah, they, uh, I, Iowa, I think, is somebody who was thinking of entering as a freshman and a sophomore, um, did enter as a sophomore and decided to come back to school. I don't think there would have been much of a process for him to move up in the draft, and I'm not sure where teams would have had him because of his streaky outside shooting last year um, and not really showing that much improvement as um, a decision maker. I think this year, Illinois is gonna play like, they have a couple of talented freshman guards. Adam Miller has been starting for them. Andre Curbelo is somebody that you want playing on ball quite a bit. Um, so I think Iowa is kind of like in his ideal situation. 
and um, looks like early on looks a little bit more comfortable on ball. And uh, yeah, like I, I just feel like he, uh, I, it seems very early sample size, but it seems like he's making the most of uh, coming back to school and uh, working on some of those things that uh, were concerns for him. And I, I think if he does end up shooting like closer to where he did as a, a freshman from the three-point line as opposed to as a sophomore, then he could certainly be a draftable guy and uh, maybe even cracking like uh, the end of uh, the first round. Nice. And you, you think, again, like he probably is going to come out, you know, after, after you, you – Almost you, certainly. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think once you go out, it's hard to like – because again, I think he does. Yeah, he, he almost came out twice. Like, yeah, like as a freshman, there was a lot of talk of him coming out. As a sophomore, there was talk of him coming out, and he, like, you almost thought it was happening. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I, I think he does end up coming out. And um, he was another guy who was one of the favorites for Player of the Year, and uh, early returns looking very promising. Yeah, like he's he's coming out to a start just like Garza. Like I think it's a. You know, it's always good for college basketball when you have a few guys that are like. The other thing with him is like his ability to, he he's done really well um, on pull ups and then like hitting from the mid range and uh, yeah, like at least those things seem to be huge positives for him. So, looks like a, a scoring guard. Um, tries really hard on defense. So yeah, those those seem to be positives with him. His upside isn't necessarily like immense, but if you could have like a you know a good bench guard, um, good slashing guard, uh, seems to have enough size to at least play the two and possibly even like, you know, just a wing in general. So yeah, things working in his favor. Nice. Well, those are some good names, you know, 10, we'll give you 10 names to really, you know, get to know for the 2021 NBA draft. Yeah. I'm about to say we're so much happier to not be talking about the 2020 NBA draft anymore. Absolutely. To move, to move forward to this. So yeah, I think, I think, you know, definitely there's a lot of, strength and you know a little bit more depth to this draft and you know so it's going to be a lot more fun we're going to have a lot more yeah we've given you 22 names so far if you count the hoop summit uh episode so yeah we uh hope we gave you at least a few details you maybe might not have known or you know things to look for um but yeah these are uh we've given you 22 good names if you go back to our hoop summit episode and uh check in this episode Katie Cunningham, I feel, has looked quite good so far yeah. and uh, hasn't even necessarily played his best basketball, hasn't necessarily uh, put up those huge assist numbers that one is expecting, but he's made some fantastic passes. Um, his shot has looked really good and um, his handle is great. Um, his ability to score through contact. They played legit competition today. He didn't have like a dominant showing per se, but they beat Marquette and he was huge in doing that. And um, yeah, it's, it certainly seems like he uh, is the guy that you're kind of gearing towards this year. Um, Jalen Suggs coming out of the gate looking fantastic as well. Um, in his games against Kansas and Auburn, um, making some just fantastic plays, like showing some great passing ability, a little bit more handled than you were maybe uh, anticipating. And then uh, the shot also not looking bad for him either. So yeah, th those two guys seem to be uh, the freshmen who have come out to like the kind of the 
quickest uh, response and um, look like uh, possible All-Americans and maybe even National Player of the Year candidates. And it's not the last you're going to hear of us talking about Gonzaga as well, because, yeah, I don't think they're – Oh, man, yeah. They're, they're a very strong team this year. So it's, it's – Yeah. Just one so thing, much depth. Like, yeah, one thing you just – like, Yeah. They, they kind of, you know, slowly came in. They, they've made that hump where it's like the Final Four, the Finals. Like, that's not an unreasonable thing anymore. And you just kind of want them – to like win one because I just think they, they had so, such a strong yeah. program for so many years and they built up this you know mid-major mid-major quote-unquote but they, they have like power level play. I mean they, their teams would compete in every major conference yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like whatever conference they were in this year they would do really yeah like well. I we're still not completely sure if they're going to go undefeated but yeah they, they've been the most impressive team so far and um, they, they still have a couple really tough non-conference opponents that they're set to play, uh, including a game against number two Baylor. So yeah, they uh, they are going to be uh, a really exciting team. And yeah, like I, I haven't seen a team that looks better than Gonzaga this year. But you know, a team that might not necessarily play as well as Gonzaga, but it's going to look a lot better just with their jerseys. We're talking about the Oregon Ducks. They are finally their season. season. This yeah. is second, six o'clock. Fox and we'll be talking a lot about them. Um, but yeah, they, they're playing Missouri tomorrow, uh, Wednesday at um, six. Yeah, and then uh, on Friday, they will be playing Seton Hall. Yeah, so, you know, it's good there. They're finally getting the tip off the season because obviously. Yeah. Two power five opponents. And uh, yeah, we'll see how the, the team ends up looking. Um, really hoping the Florida State starts playing soon. Really hoping the Florida starts playing soon. Really hoping the Tennessee starts playing soon. Um, yeah, there there have been a few teams that ha haven't gotten any games yet, and a few um, few snafus with COVID here and there, uh, postponements on games. But um, yeah, we're very excited for college basketball. So far, it seems like it's going really well, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting season, and we're probably not going to have as large of a sample size as we normally would. But the fact that we get anything. I get a sample size. Yeah, that wasn't a given like several months ago Absolutely. to even get to this point. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing that it's happening. I just feel so um, happy for the players. Those are the guys who I know uh, most want to play in these games. So. I, ha I hate to say it, one shining moment. Yeah. Playing four. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jason. Sure. <laughs> That's a, uh, I, Jason in his one shining moment. I love the song. It gets very motivational. But yeah. no, definitely, definitely super Your exciting. Your life is one shining moment. <laughs> and we got the NBA. The NBA is like starting a training camp. You know. Yeah. So, you know, we're Sorry. definitely very, very good time right now for basketball. But yeah, we'd love to know like what other players in the NCAA are you really kind of excited about or yeah give, give us a few uh guys that you feel are, are names to, to watch and I, I know I'm going to be watching many more games and I just the the key with all of this is it was guys that I had have seen before and have watched and just had a, a little base of knowledge on um so yeah I didn't want to go in with anybody that I didn't have at least a some kind of take on uh so far this season. Oh, and let us let us know. We love to you know, like we love to learn about new players. We also like to learn like why you like them. Like what what do you think they bring to the table that's unique, interesting, or what skill can they bring to the NBA? Always yeah. cool 
Are you like a Kentucky fan? Yeah. Just let us I'm a Kentucky fan, and I like their players, and all the other players can go away. <laughs> that, that happens quite a bit, but, you know, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. We're definitely going to have a lot more 2021 NBA draft action coming your way, but also NBA tipping off super soon. So you're going to be getting a lot of stuff from a lot of different angles here. But if you like the podcast, we you know, appreciate you so much. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. Five stars. Five-star review on iTunes. Forever. Yeah. Apple Pods. Apple Pods. I, I still iTunes to me. Is the App Store now? I whatever. Just give us yeah. a review. Don't don't be you know weird about it. And like, subscribe. Give us five. Five. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, share. We appreciate the support so much. We really love doing this podcast, and uh, it brings us closer together as brothers too, which I think everybody wants to see that. It's got a lot of those like ah oh, moments, you know. Exactly, exactly. We're we're like we're turning into a little bit of a full house moment here, Jason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am NBA Draft Mike B. He is at Jay Weisenberg on every uh, single form of social media. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Viseland. Uh, Anchor on every single pod. Anchor will direct you to anywhere podcasts are played. You can, you can catch, catch us there. And then if you want to, you know, send us an email, visalinepod at gmail.com. But thank you. Yeah. Guys, and we will catch you next Wednesday. Have a great week and watch as much college basketball as you can right now.